Hello, Saints. Todd here with SafeguardYourSoul.com. Thank you so much for tuning in. We are so blessed to have these moments together in the Word of God. Uh, And remember, Saints, there's nothing, there's nothing, no thing uh, happening on God's planet that is even remotely as important as the work of the gospel and feeding the sheep of Jesus Christ for whom he died to save so that they can grow in grace, they can be edified, they can be equipped for the work of the ministry according to the scriptures. And let me just guarantee you this one thing, by the grace of God, this outreach will continue to unapologetically endeavor to preach the whole of the word of God, regardless of who gets offended or not, in Jesus' name. And please remember that your prayers and support are vital to this operation. Thank you. Dear fellow sojourners, disciples of Christ, remember that divine power will always be resident in the dead and buried, crucified, that is, disciple of Jesus, the resurrecting power and life of Christ is always going to be raising up those that are bowed down. If you, at this moment, uh, and in your recent past, have not been experiencing the victory that you know Jesus died to give you over all iniquity, and not only over all iniquity, but in a propelling motion, divine motion forward to be producing the fruit of Uh, that glorifies God. John chapter 15, verse 1 through 16, Jesus says, I have called you and ordained you that you should go and bring forth much, uh, bring forth fruit and that your fruit should remain. I guess it's much fruit, actually. John 15, 16, and Jesus speaks in this passage about the abiding life and about how there's going to be fruit, more fruit, and much fruit in that order, 30 60, 90, 100 fold. Amen. So let's see past just overcoming sin and having victory over it into the realm where our cup is running over, if you will, figurative of the overflow of God's presence in our lives, bringing other people closer to him through the preaching of the original gospel of Jesus Christ. If I have wakened today, awoken, and I am in a a posture of demotion where I'm looking for the demotion I am declaring with Paul I am crucified with Christ nevertheless I live yet not I but Christ that liveth in me in the life which I now live in the flesh I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me then God is reciprocally raising me up brother Travis Bryan the third calls this the killing power of the Holy Ghost. Amen. I love that. Romans 8, verse 13 through 14. And let me say this, beloved. If you don't hear anything else, I want you, I want to encourage you this week to begin and to pour over Romans chapter 6 through 8. Romans is called the ABCs of the Christian faith for good reason. Notice Romans 8, 13 and 14, for if we If ye live after the flesh, you shall die. But if ye through the Spirit, thank God we're not alone. We have the helper, the comforter, the Holy Ghost. Amen. Through the Spirit, the Holy Spirit. If you mortify, you do mortify the deeds of the body, you shall live. Notice, if you live after the flesh, you shall die. The good news is that Jesus gave us the divine cross 
perspective. And let me stop again here and say, say, if you're listening to any ministry that is not telling you without apology what Jesus said, that you have to deny yourself, take up your cross and follow him, you are following and, su- and supporting a false ministry. You are bidding Godspeed to a ministry that's not preaching the original gospel, the cross of Christ and the one he commanded you to take up the propitiatory cross of Christ and the practical daily cross he told you to take up to follow him or you're not following him is central to the gospel and in the middle of the divine economy. And so if you're not hearing this message, uh, I encourage you as a fellow brother to run for your life. So Romans 8, 13 and 14. Notice if he's talking to believers, if you live after the flesh, you shall die. See, you're going to die. You're going to be uh, knocked out by sin. You're going to be separated from God. Death always means separation. Die and death. Okay. Always means separation. You can't live in sin and simultaneously be serving Christ. And he gave you the divine prescription. Uh, Let me stop and say this. You know, recently there was an absolute firestorm set off on my social media, uh, one of my platforms there. I I simply said something like, it's a blessing that you got saved. Now, God, now you need to stay saved. And I mean, you would have thought I hit folk over the head with a hammer. For them, the absolute, I mean, here's here's what that tells us. that They're so upset that I would insinuate that we actually are participating in a relationship with Christ, and it's not automatic that we're going to heaven because we were initially saved. I mean, again, you'd have thought I tried to run them over with my vehicle or hit them over the head with a hammer. Why? Because they don't want, they've been lied to, and they love those lies. My my people love to have it so, is what Jeremiah said of the uh, false professors, of which all of these people are. That's Jeremiah 5.31. You see, uh, Scripture foretold that there would be a time when they would not endure sound doctrine. That's sound doctrine. It doesn't get any more sound than the crucified life, okay? That's not optional if you're going to go to glory. You must be crucified with Christ, okay? Uh, and so he says in 2 Timothy 4, 2 through 4, preach the word. Okay, and if, if, if they're not preaching the cross, they're not preaching the, the word in the definition of the original gospel. So preach the word, be instant in season and out of season, reprove, rebuke and exhort with long, all long suffering and doctrine. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lust, there it is, unrepentant hearts, darkness reside in their hearts that they don't want to repent of. See, uh. So they will heap to themselves having teacher, uh, teachers having itching ears. And it's because of their own heart lust that this transpires in the lives of so many uh, that have and were initially saved. So they heap to themselves, teachers, have because they have itching ears. They have unrepentance of self-idolatry pride and lust in their hearts lust for the things of this world whether it be greed or or girls or guys 
all of that stuff. You see, that's that's why there has to be the cross in the life of the believer. Let me stop again and say this, most importantly, <clears throat> that if if a if a body if the person's if a person's body of truth that would include you and the preachers you listen to does not include and does not utter from their mouths that God is holy, 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 that you will be in error. You have a a corrupted view of a holy God. The scripture tells us that God is not only holy, but he's holy, holy, holy. And that's the only one of the three, uh, excuse me, the only one of his attributes, his divine attributes, that's repeated in triplicate, not only once, but twice. Now we know God is love, but he didn't say he's love, love, love. That doesn't mean he's not love. But he was making a point that God is holy, holy, holy. No one is going to be in eternal glory who dies in sin. It doesn't matter if you were saved in the past. You are required. God holds you fully responsible to put to death the deeds of the body. Anybody that's not teaching you that is not teaching you the original gospel. And you're going to find that out all over the New Testament and and especially in Romans 6. Okay, we're talking about Romans 6 through 8, which I want to. Uh, encourage you, highly encourage you, and exhort you as a fellow disciple to study poor prayerfully over those three chapters. Read them together, perhaps read them through, and then again, prayerfully read them through, and then read them again, okay? And maybe three times, and pray that God opens up your heart and instills in you a holy fear, deeper than it's ever been in your life. The The fear of the Lord, the scripture says, is the fountain of life to depart from the snares of death. Okay, so Romans 8, 13 and 14. If you live after the flesh, you shall die. But if ye through the spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, you shall live. For as many as are led by the spirit of God, they are the sons of God. And you cannot, as the scripture clearly infers, be led by the spirit of God, have the resurrecting uh, power of the Holy Spirit in your life. If you're living after the flesh, you're not crucifying the deeds of the body. Mortify the deeds of the body right here. It's only then that you shall live. Now, you're not earning your place with God. You're simply out of your love for him. You are coinciding with, agreeing with, and obeying him. Because he says, if you love me, keep my commandments. So we know that his commandments also are not grievous to those who know and love him. Okay, so all those folks that are getting mad because I insinuate that you're You're going to have to work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, not work for it, work it out after he saves you. Uh, And then it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. Philippians 3, uh, 13, excuse me, Philippians 2, 12 and 13. So there's the cross right there. You're working out. You're counting yourself to be dead indeed uh, with Christ. Okay. And God's raising you up. And working in you both the will and the do of his good pleasure. See, the cross is found on every page of the Bible, in every chapter of the Bible. So we are debtors not to live after the flesh, uh, but to live in the spirit, Romans 8, 12. Let me back up one more verse. But if the spirit, capital S, Holy Spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken or make a make alive your mortal bodies by his spirit 
that dwelleth in us. See, when Jesus died, he sent the Holy Spirit to indwell every believer. And he said this, it is better for you that I go away because I can only be in one place at one time on this earth in this human flesh. So it's going to be better because I'm going to send the Holy Spirit, the Comforter, John 16, 7, to live in every one of you. And the way that works is uh, that he raises us up as we agree with him. we got to get honest with God, folk, and do things his way, right? We can't expect to be having our lives built on the rock. If we're not doing things the way Jesus said to do them, and, and somebody might say, well, the preacher didn't say it. Well, that would mean you're following the preacher, not Jesus. But last time I checked, none of us preachers have nail-scarred hands and feet. And we certainly didn't get raised from the dead. And even if we died on the cross, it would be of no effect because we don't have sinless blood. We're all sinners. Okay, you get the point? We need to repent of putting our trust in men and uh, put our trust in the living divine Savior, Jesus Christ, who makes intercession for you at the right hand of the Father right now at his throne of grace, which he invites you to come to, to obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Perhaps today is a day uh, of a new beginning for you, a fresh start, where you can come before God, be honest with him because he sees everything anyway, and confess your sins, bring words to him, Hosea 14, 1 and 2, and lay down your life afresh and declare with Paul with hands raised and heart lifted to God in all authenticity and sincerity that I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I lived yet not I, but Christ that liveth in me in the life which I now live in the flesh. I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Now, I'm going to tell you this, that you're going to begin to realize that the Christian life is only going to begin to work for you or, or, or accomplish God's will when you do it his way. And that's the way of the cross. That sounds like the last thing you want to do. Trust me, I'm in the flesh too. But as soon as you start tasting and seeing that the Lord is good, and that can't happen until you obey him. Okay, then you're going to start seeing how the gospel really works. The gospel, as defined in 1 Corinthians 15, 1 through 4, is the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. And in your life, that death, burial, and resurrection of Christ is to be reenacted, Romans 6, every day. Where you're dead and buried, you wake up and declare and prayerfully submit yourself to God that you are crucified with Christ and that uh, not my will but thine be done as Jesus said in Gethsemane, and also uh, what John the Baptist said, he declared, you, Lord, you must increase, but I must decrease. That's when you're going to begin to taste and see that the Lord is good. I'm trying to make this message short. I'm going to finish here in Romans 12. Uh, I do want to point your attention to two, uh, actually three books on the cross specifically that we have on the website safeguardyoursoul.com. They're also available on Amazon. Actually, we got a package deal on uh, Safeguard Your Soul. You'll see it on the right there. Uh, those three books are Raised Up, Amen, The Resurrection Life of Christ, Reigning in Your Daily Life. Also, I Die Daily. That's a scripture right there in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. All right, verse 31, and then one more, uh, 31 daily cross prayers, okay? I highly recommend those books 
uh, because they're full of scripture and they're full of the cross message, which you must camp out on, not just dabble with, but camp out on. Uh, and I believe the Holy Spirit, if you're truly born again, is going to draw you to do just that. Okay, Romans 12, verse 1 and 2. Notice, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. That's the cross. Here's the resurrection. And be not... Uh, conform to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, and you may prove it as a good and acceptable and perfect will of God. I think sometimes in our carnal minds, we somehow think that we're automatically or at some point going to be transformed by the renewing of our mind, and that's all it's going to take uh, for us to stop doing the sins that we've been doing and that we're prone to. Okay, and that, that goes for all of us. If you're not crucified with Christ today, literally, uh, in, the, in the principal concept that is conveyed and taught in the scriptures, um, then you have sin happening in your life. Even if it's only in your mind, it's still sin because Jesus said, if you hate someone, you're a murderer. That's in your heart. If you have lust in your heart and you lust after somebody uh, sexually, then you've already committed adultery in your heart. That's called evil concupiscence, one of the soul damning uh, sins of the flesh, Galatians 5, 19 through 21. Uh, and that means evil concupiscence means secret desire for that which is forbidden. So you may be judging others because they literally did some sin, but God calls you just as much of a sinner and even worse than they are because now you're not only sinning by lusting in your heart but now you're casting judgment on others and he calls you a hypocrite matthew 7 1 through 5 and he said the harlots will go into glory before the self-righteous matthew 21 31. okay so somehow we think that we're gonna you know some day you know um attain unto this place where we trant where our mi minds are so transformed that we're no longer going to do those things and we're going to have victory over those things. But that's just not going to happen because only the cross, the crucified life, and that's daily, whether you've been saved for one year, one day, or a hundred years, it doesn't matter. You are responsible to keep under your body. It's an ongoing responsibility that we have. Let's by any means, after Paul said, after I've preached to others, I myself should be a castaway. Now notice Paul, if there's ever been a Christian, it would be Paul the Apostle. I don't think any believer uh, would ever even begin to argue with that or question it. Okay, but Paul said he didn't believe in this once saved, always saved. He didn't believe in that uh, di demonic, diabolical heresy. He took personal responsibility. It was his responsibility before a loving God who sent his only begotten son to, to purify us from all sin. Titus chapter 2, verse 14, etc., to save us not in our sin, but from our sin. Okay, he took personal responsibility to remain dead and buried so that he'd be raised up with Christ by the resurrecting grace of God, which gives all power over all sin. Now, you know, I was preaching this stuff the other day, some of the things I just mentioned, and some guy said, do you ever sin? Well, of course, all men sin. It's, but here's the thing we've got to recognize. First of all, number one, it's always my fault. 
if and when I sin. The Bible says, if any man sin, not when you sin. God doesn't expect you to sin. But he did make provision for us to be forgiven, although we have to still reap what we've sowed. Okay, so he tried to put it into a personal realm because he didn't like the message and he wanted to justify himself. So I said, look, the difference uh, between those who have embraced this uh, demonic heresy of once saved, always saved, and those who walk in the biblical revelation of a conditional, not an unconditional eternal security, is that the OSAS, the eternal securist, is going to make excuse for his sin. He's not going to confess his sin. He's not going to see any need to be in the fear of God and to crucify the flesh and to overcome all sin. And he's not going to be ready when Jesus comes. He's not going to be uh, ready if he dies before that. Okay, and yet the person who walks in a sanity, a sane fair-minded, honest mindset toward God, realize that God is holy, holy, holy. That person is not going to hide behind some false doctrine like a moral coward would do. Okay. No, he's going to face God in honesty and say, Lord, you said that sin. And I just admit it to you already, which you already know I did. And I thought on or went out and did, and I confess it for what it is. And here's the name of it. Boom. Underline. You fill in the blank, friend. And he's going to be honest with God. See, because the Bible says, he that covers his sin shall not prosper, but whosoever confesses and forsakes those sins shall have mercy. Only those who confess them for what they are and forsake them is going to have God's mercy. And that's a warning for your eternal soul's sake. Jesus said, only those that are good and honest in heart are going to be with him. The fourth of the four soils he taught in which he said, you can't understand anything else if you don't understand that, especially the parables and the teachings of Jesus, Luke 8, 11 through 15. We've got to get honest, friend, and stop hiding behind falsehoods that have been peddled by wolves. Any man teaching you that you're unconditionally, eternally secure, which is most evangelical pastors, is we have the word of God on it, that he is an ungodly man. This is a wicked wolf. Okay, if he's not a wolf, nobody is. Jude, verse 4. It's the ungodly men who are turning the grace of God into lasciviousness. They're teaching you that it's okay to live in sin, even though they won't come out and say that. That's basically the end product of what they're teaching. They're certainly not teaching holiness, judgment to come, the fear of God, uh, the danger of eternal damnation if you don't cut off the hand and pluck out the eye and overcome all sin, etc., they're not teaching you the uh, personal holiness, the holiness of God. They're not teaching you the daily crucified life, the cross. They're false. Absolutely. That that knocks out over 95% of all preachers today in the in the false church right there. Okay. Or wherever they're preaching from or writing books uh, uh, from whatever communication medium. If they're not pushing the cross message of Christ using Holy Scripture, by the way, let's, let's use the real Bible, the King James Bible then, you know, you, you're dealing with frauds, man. And, and uh, they that uh, observe lying vanities, my friend, forsake their own mercy. So if you observe the lying vanities of the false prophets, okay, you're forsaking your own mercy. And without mercy, you're not going to glory. I can tell you that right now. By the way, I want you to memorize Proverbs 28, 13, which I uh, just quoted a minute ago. And the other verse after that was Jonah 2, verse 8. Okay, there's never gonna, we're never gonna grow out of 
as long as we're on, on this earth in the flesh, the need for the daily cross. You're not going to be transformed enough in your mind to somehow tame the flesh. The, the flesh cannot be reformed, okay? It must be crucified. And Jesus said that's daily. So if you're, if you're not experiencing the victory of Christ, the answer is always going to be you need to die. Lay it down afresh and remain in a place uh, of, of a crucified life in the cross of Christ. And as long as you're there, okay, God is raising you up in full and complete victory is transpiring in your life. God bless you, friend. Thank you for listening. And I would uh, also say thank you for considering supporting the ministry of safeguardyoursoul.com, which is reaching uh, thousands every day not only on the internet, but uh, also in prison cells in other continents and countries with the message of Christ's cross. God bless you again. Thank you for listening. Well, brothers and sisters, it's been a blessing to spend these moments with you in the Word of God. And remember, there's hundreds of more Christ-centered, scripture-rich, uh, edifying podcast on safeguardyoursoul.com forward slash audios. There's also a store page with uh, uh, several, many books on there for your uh, edification in Christ. They're all scripture rich and Christ centered. Also tens of thousands uh, of saints and sinners are being reached every month. And uh, your prayers are coveted for the fruitfulness and supply of this outreach. God be praised, by the way, for those who are supporting. And feel free to visit uh, our donate page on the site. And uh, uh, you can use your debit card, PayPal, or Patreon. And you can become a monthly sustaining member if you choose to do so. And a gift of any amount is so appreciated. Part of this outreach uh, is to equip and supply other ministering disciples across our great country and uh, all over the world. And uh, may God be praised that uh, there's fruitfulness happening among his people and through his beloved saints as we know that the return of our Lord Jesus Christ draws nigh. And we say together, in the words of Revelation 22, even so, come Lord Jesus. Amen.